Presented by the Evangelism Department of the North American Mission Board. This is Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. The podcast to help pastors be on mission in their local community. Here's your host, Joel Sutherland. Welcome to the Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. You are listening to the first podcast of the North American Mission Board, and I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. This podcast will always and only be about local church and pastoral leadership and evangelism. How do you, the pastor, lead your church to be on mission evangelistically in your local context? One of the first things I did when I came to the North American Mission Board was to study the top evangelistic Southern Baptist churches around the nation. I looked at churches in every state and of every size and found out what made them tick in evangelism. You can follow that research at nam.net slash yourchurchonmission. There you'll find research, uh, instructional blog posts, video interviews with top evangelistic pastors. We'll also post these podcasts there with show notes, and you can get the podcast on iTunes and on your Android phone using an app like Player FM. That's the one I use. Just search NAM Evangelism Podcast or Your Church on Mission to find it. And leave us a review on iTunes. That'll help pastors find it and benefit from it as well. You have to ask yourself the question, why would we study top evangelistic churches? To be honest, it's a fair question. Is it possible to learn from other guys who are doing it well? Well, in, in the effort of, in, in, for the sake of full disclosure, I think, it's, I think it's the best way to learn. If you look at something called the diffusion of innovation curve, and if you don't know what that is, Google it and you'll love reading about it, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes. What we discover is that only about 2.5% of people are innovators. The rest are early adopters, early majority, late majority, or even laggards. Truth is, about 2.5% of people would figure something out on their own. They'll figure out how to move the ball down the court on their own. The flip side of that means this. 97.5% of us need some help. I think those numbers generally hold true in Southern Baptist churches when it comes to evangelism. A very small percentage of our churches are growing through evangelism. The normative church in the Southern Baptist Convention baptized three people last year. The normative church in the Southern Baptist Convention baptized no youth last year. Let's be honest, most pastors don't have time to reinvent or invent evangelism ideas in their church, nor do you need to. Find someone who's doing it, learn the principles, and unashamedly copy them. Adrian Rogers famously said, if the bullet fits your gun, then fire it. I think then we're left with two main keys of evangelism. If you, the pastor, want to reach people with the gospel, then here's two important things you need to know. So let's take a quick break, and when we come back, I'll introduce you to our co-host, and we'll find out what one of the leading pastors in the Southern Baptist Convention says is imperative in evangelism, and we'll find out what those two things are. I'm joined today by the man that'll be my co-host the majority of times, Scott Smith. Scott is an evangelism consultant at the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, and he's been in ministry for decades. Scott, do you see value in learning from other pastors in evangelism? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't believe that effective evangelism is something that needs to be reinvented as the wheel uh, goes. The fact is there are patterns that emerge. You know, I've, I've had the privilege of reading your, your research 
and uh, and also we conduct our own research in Georgia, and we we actually interview a lot of the top baptizing pastors, and and these patterns begin to emerge that that you begin to see the scarlet thread that kind of runs through all those churches in terms of strategy, in terms of of what's actually working, and it actually kind of reminds me of the old Isaac Newton quote. Uh, that that if we've seen anything, it's because we've stood on the shoulders of giants. Mm. In other words, we're not starting from scratch in every generation. We're seeing what works, uh, what's working now, and we uh, we actually just borrow those ideas. Don't try to be original, uh, and build on those. Uh, of course, you know in your in your context. But yeah, if if the starting point is just finding out what works and replicating that, of course, to fit your context then you've saved yourself 90% of the work and the headache. Yeah, and I think if a pastor is learning from another pastor, really we find more value in that than uh, we do necessarily just reading about someone who's written a theory. Oh, yeah, absolutely, which is why, you know, mentoring and coaching works. Yeah, It's, you know, do as I do, just like Paul did with Timothy and Titus, which actually his instruction to them wasn't too different if you want to look at the general principles that were extracted to those two young young pastors because – uh, the principles transfer, and so what are the principles that that work? And so, yeah, absolutely, pick up what what's working already, uh, learning from others. Absolutely. Recently, Ronnie Floyd, the pastor of Cross Point Church in Arkansas, former president of the Southern Baptist Convention, spoke at one of our Engage Twenty Four workshops. Ronnie is highly evangelistic; he baptizes a lot of people, even for a large church. So, I want to listen to this clip, and I want to listen c- closely and see if you can pick out the two things that a pastor needs to do to be evangelistic. Number six, the pastor. Pastor, you're, the, you're, you're really imperative, by the way. Uh, more, than, more about evangelism than, uh, than what you think you are about other things. Uh, what does that mean? Well, I just want to tell you, if you're, going to do a, if you're going to be an evangelistic pastor, you need to abandon what anybody else thinks about you. Well, we're tough on preachers in our, in our little world of... of uh, of evangelicalism, call it what you want it. You want to talk about Southern Baptists alone, we can easily talk about that. I don't know what all's in this room, but that's not the point. The point is that you got to sooner or later just abandon what anybody else thinks about you. Didn't say you don't need to learn from them, but you don't, you cannot be ruled by people. You got to have the conviction of Paul in, in Galatians chapter 1. I exist to please God, not men. And if you're going to build an evangelistic church, you better remember who you're there to please. Intentionally lead your church to be an evangelistic church. It's not going to happen. Well, we'll get there. No, you're not. You got to lead there. You have you're the key. You have to intentionally lead your church to be an evangelistic church. Intentional. Next staff meeting, how intentional are you going to be about it? If you had staff meeting yesterday in your church or you had a Sunday meeting with your leaders, how intentional were you about getting them to be an evangelistic church? Be intentional. Very important. I believe this firmly. I came to this conviction when I led the Great Commission Resurgence in the Southern Baptist Convention. Pastors today must be missiologists, knowing your community better than anyone else. You got to know it, man. You have to know that community. Years ago, we would send missionaries all over the world, and we taught people missiology. Now the world's in America. And I want to tell you something right now. You had better become a missiologist. You had better understand your community. Pastors need to know the community even as much as a real estate guy, even as much as a superintendent of schools. 
even as much as the mayor, you need to know your community. I saw one of the mayors uh, that are one of our cities that go to our church and one of our campuses the other day. I said, hey, I need to come with you for two hours real soon. What are we going to do? I said, he said, I said, I, th- I want you to put me in your car and show me our community. Well, Ronnie, you've lived here. I know. I want you to show me our community. Tell me what's new. I want to hang with you. I did it with a mayor two years ago in another city in our region. You see what I'm saying? You got you to gotta, you gotta know. How are you going to reach them if you don't know where they are? How are you going to reach them if you don't even know that subdivisions exist and they've emerged and you don't even know they're there? Our new businesses are coming. You need to know that this is going to go here and this is going to go here and this is going to go here. And you can talk about that with business community. And all of a sudden, people think you know what you're talking about. That helps. Pastors today must be missional strategists. You can't be a missional strategist if you're not a missiologist. And by the way, you don't have to have a degree to be a, be a missiologist. You've got to know your community. Helps maybe, but that's not the imperative thing. Imperative is you know it, and then once you know it, you build a strategy based off what you know. Scott, Ronnie said a lot in those three minutes we could talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, really good three-minute segment out of a 40-minute talk that he did. I want to hone in on maybe two things on this podcast, and one of them was kind of a throwaway line that most people wouldn't have caught, I don't think, but let me start with the throwaway line. Mm. He said when he was talking about pastors not caring about what anyone thinks, he said, I didn't say you couldn't or shouldn't learn from them. If you had heard the whole talk, you know Ronnie shared with us some things he's doing that he learned from other people. Now, that's that's kind of a throwaway line that he put in there, but there was more to it than that. I think Ronnie's saying, pastor, learn from other people. I did. If you heard the whole talk, it made more sense. Maybe it wasn't as much of a throwaway line as I think, and you were there when he gave that talk. Um, But here's a leading evangelistic pastor in the Southern Baptist Convention saying, I didn't reinvent the wheel. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, anybody that looks at, at, at Ronnie's baptism numbers are going to say, that guy's an expert in leading his church to reach people with the gospel. I mean, the, the, the results show it, okay? so But what what is an expert? He's someone who synthesizes the best material and, and makes it his own. It becomes part of his DNA. That's what he's done. And so he has learned from other people, and he's made it fit in his church, uh, in, in his cultural context, the people he's trying to reach in, in in his community, obviously, and you hear that, of course, as he outlines that uh, in that powerful three minutes. Uh, but yeah, there, there's no question he's he's picked up this from other people, and he's sharing what he knows. That that's all we're doing. We are learning from from other people. Yeah, and I think a lot of pastors listening to this, so they're thinking, okay, the normative Southern Baptist Church now runs 68 in worship on Sunday, and they're thinking, well, you know, I can't learn anything from Ronnie Floyd. Well, he, he, you have to learn to contextualize things, right? I mean, Ronnie Floyd, there's no one much larger than him that he can learn from. He, he's just learning from anybody he can learn from, basically, because he can contextualize it for his own church. So I think if you're a pastor and you're running 100 people and you hear Ronnie Floyd, you know, here's a principle Ronnie Floyd goes by, don't dismiss that as, oh, that's for a big church, uh, not for a church my size. You've got to learn the principle 
and break it down, how can we do that same thing here at our yeah, church? Yeah, we do this anyway in every area of your life. I don't know why we make it so different for evangelism. You know, if a guy wants to lose weight, what does he do? He gets on, he looks at every YouTube video, and yeah. he, he buys every book on the experts on how to lose weight fast. If it's about, you know, building up your, your, your retirement savings, you're doing the same thing. You're grabbing books, videos, seminars. But then all of a sudden it comes to evangelism, and we're just going to sit back and wait for a word from God. Yeah, you know, I, and I'm not I'm not downing spirituality in discerning the heart of God. I'm saying we can hyper spiritualize the area of evangelism in the sense that we feel like it's almost unspiritual to study it as as and make it make it a point of of becoming a student of evangelism. But we have to be. And what you'll find is all the top evangelizing churches are exactly that. Those pastors are students of evangelism. Yeah, it's beg, borrow, and steal philosophy. If it's about leading people to Jesus, I'll, I'll do whatever works that I can find somebody else has already vetted for me. Yeah. Why do I need to go through the learning curve of something? If it failed over there, you know, I can generally ascertain quickly whether that will fail or be successful for me. But if it works over there, can I put that in my context? You turned me on to a quote the other day. We were talking about this very episode and recording it, and uh, you mentioned a quote to me that I just could not get away from. And then I was literally reading a book, and it was a chapter of a title in the book. Mm -hmm. And the book I'm reading is called The One Thing, The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results. The guy who started Keller Williams' real estate firm wrote it. And chapter three is entitled this, Success Leaves Clues. Yeah, absolutely. Which which is a big hint. Don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. You know, find those that are being successful in the area you want to be successful in, and then you emulate that. It's just that simple. It saves a lot of time and headache. So I, I think if there's any area of urgency in life that we should apply that principle to, it's evangelism because yeah. eternity's on the line. Exactly. And if, if success is leaving clues, don't don't be don't be so naive to think you can't pick up those clues and apply them into your context. Right. When we study top evangelistic churches, and we're going to share with you over the, uh, well, throughout the life of this podcast, what we are learning by studying top evangelistic churches, understand we study them in all size categories yep. and in every context ima imaginable. There are, as a matter of fact, we, we don't filter based on context. The work you do and the work we do at NAM, we don't filter. So we see highly evangelistic churches in urban settings, rural settings, extreme rural settings, uh, suburban settings, you name it, because we ask those type questions. Uh, so when you hear us talk about evangelism principles, don't hear us say, oh, well, this is, this is what works in the South, in suburban churches and highly populated areas. No. We're finding clues that are being left from churches in all contexts. Success leaves clues no matter where it is. So, look, if you're a pastor, the fact is, it's going to be hard for you to go around and do what I do and study all the top evangelistic churches around the nation. But I can pick up the clues for you. You can pick up the clues for them. There are uh, places that will pick up those clues and help you, the pastor, learn exactly how you, you know, the principle you can apply to your own context. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so there are some clues that came out even in that three minutes, which was a power pack three minutes from Ronnie Floyd. I mean, what are some of those clues? Uh, one that jumped out at me is, um, abandoning what people think about you. Mm -hmm. And what you'll find is uh, a lot of leading, uh, baptizing churches in our denomination, really any denomination, they, they kind of got to the point where, look, I'm going to be about evangelism whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. the, the, the leader has done that. 
And so they, they literally don't care what other preachers think or what peers think or what even certain key church members think. They uh, Because, quite, quite frankly, um, evangelism often challenges existing church structures, right? Mm-hmm. When you begin to really become a... A, a pastor who's big on on evangelism and reaching people with the gospel. The other thing that popped out in, at me was intentionality, which Joel, you and I know that is a constant word in our circles where yep. we're looking at people that are are leading evangelism church. Intentionality is a it is the, if anything else, it is the common thread that trumps all the rest across all top baptized. Yeah, churches. and that was the second big thing we wanted to point out was the intentionality that. Uh, you just don't drift into evangelism. You, you you will not wake up one Sunday morning and find out your church members have been knocking on doors on their own and, and serving the community on their own and going out doing all these highly evangelistic things. No, you'll wake up one Sunday and find out they, they didn't invite one lost person to church this week. That That's what you'll wake up and find. And so pastors of highly evangelistic churches, that's the other thing. They are incredibly intentional about leading their church to be evangelistic, because here's what they know. It's not going to happen on their own. It's not just going to happen by accident. You know, you you brought up the quote he talked about, um, you know, not caring what people think. We, we tend to be real trendy in Southern Baptist life as pastors, and buzzwords pop up every few years, and pastors yeah. jump on that bandwagon, and then jump on the next bandwagon, and Man, I can name some of them, but I, you know. <laughs> Don't make anybody First mad. podcast, right. We're not trying to make anybody angry here, but... Um, uh, the fact is, if you want to reach people with the gospel, you, you've got to quit being trendy. And by trendy, I, you know, I'm talking about the latest buzzword going through Southern Baptist life. And just be intentional. Don't care what other people think about your church. Be intentional about reaching people with the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually, I actually heard heard uh, recently about a pastor who said he doesn't do his invitations a certain way at the end of a gospel message because he's concerned about criticism from other pastors in his ilk. So I was a little bit caught off guard by that. Like, really, that's, that's, I mean, that that's an impact. Like, I'm thinking about how I'm going to do my invitation after a gospel presentation on a Sunday morning, and I'm wondering what's going to happen if the word gets out. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about anything trendy. We're talking about something that is staple and standard and traditional has been proven to work for centuries. Okay. Right. So, so, but, but nonetheless, that, that is an impact. And, and, and Ronnie said it best, you know, straight out of the scriptures, are we going to be man pleasers or God pleasers? Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think one of the, one of the aspects of intentionality and being a God pleaser is, is uh, having on our heart what God has on his heart all the time. All right. And that is souls. That is evangelism. And that's mobilizing our people to evangelize and so, to share their faith. So that, that, what a great, illustration you just used about the pastor. Uh, I've, you know, being around pastors, being a pastor, we know that's true. There's pressure from your group. If you're in a group, I don't, in everybody's in some kind of group most of the time yes. to do things a certain way. But here, here's the, here's the um, unfortunate part about what's going through his mind is he's delivering a gospel message and needs to give a gospel invitation. And instead of what's going through his mind of What's the best gospel invitation that that could draw the net for the people who are far from God in my church pews this morning? He's thinking, what are my friends going to think about the way I do the invitation? Yes. And it's very skewed on that's why we're not reaching a lot of people. Is yes. We tend to, at like Ronnie, and Ronnie's president of Southern Baptist Convention, he traveled the nation for two years and saw it. Yes. We were more concerned about what our guy buddies think 
than maybe about reaching lost people. Yeah, that was a strong word. If you multiply that out across your whole ministry, mm-hmm. then you've got you've got dozens and dozens of little uh, uh, you know compromise points that ultimately weaken your entire ministry from a biblical perspective. So we have to constantly be checking our own flesh and saying, why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I acting as if evangelism is the priority in my ministry that it is in Scripture? You know, we have to constantly check every strategy uh, by by that. Well, and, you know, the caring what other people think is not just about what do my peers think about me. It's also what do church members think about me, the community thinks about me. Yes. You know, if you're going to be intentionally evangelistic, honestly, you have to drop all that. Right, You right. just have to deter dog ear determined, I'm going to leave my church to be evangelistic and let everything else take care of itself. We've all heard the age-old example of how evangelism disrupts the structure to the point that, uh, you know, the person gets mad because a visitor is in their pew, right? A guest right. is in the pew that they've been in for the last 20 years. That's kind of an extreme example. But but th- there, are, there are different types of those issues that are in our sure. church that evangelism disrupts, and so if your if your if if your ministry thrust is about keeping the people that you have happy, then you're probably not going to be very evangelistic in the average or in the normative yeah. Southern Baptist church. Well, I know a church that recently was looking for a pastor, and they did kind of a church survey, and somebody actually turned in on the survey. We need to be more inwardly focused. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you you're you know you're thinking. Nobody would say that. Well, of course they'll say that because mm-hmm. that's that's what they think is we need to be more inwardly focused. And if a pastor hears that on a week-in, week-out basis, if he's not careful, he'll start to feel the pressure. Yeah, they sign his check. Yeah, exactly. So we have to we have to think about that. Yeah. I think I think intentionality, however, though, and in, in divorcing yourself from what people think and really diving in, I heard kind of an all-in mentality in Ronnie's statement, I think that is key, where he talks about you've got to become a missiologist. Mm. You've got to know your community as well as the real estate guy or the mayor. As a matter of fact, go ahead and get in the car with the mayor. Get in the car with a local police officer that's in your church. Ride with them for a day. Mm-hmm. You know, ride with them for a couple of hours. You know, buy them coffee and get to know your community. That is huge. And I think that's a shift that's relatively recent and a lot of pastors that I'm talking to haven't yet caught up with because the the way we approach evangelism now as opposed to how we did in the 80s and 90s is very different. We didn't have to be the missiologists then. We had we had a culture that was somewhat uh, connected to at least an idea of the gospel. And so um, as James Emery White, who wrote Rise of the Nuns, put it, you know, everybody in, in the 80s and 90s was in the squishy middle. All you had to do was bump them from an 8 to a 9 or right. a, a 9 to a 10 to see them come to Christ in, in terms of understanding the God. Now we've got a culture who, who doesn't even un, have a frame of reference for anything biblical or have a God thought on any given week. And so um, the way we do uh, evangelism is much more akin to what we used to talk about as doing missions Right, so that is the shift. We're challenging our people now. Top evangelistic churches are to be more missionally minded and see themselves as a sent people, as missionaries. Well, we as pastors have to be then the missiologists. Right, right. So and that's a lot that's, of intentionality. We're in this situation where God's bringing the nations to us. I think the county you and I live in, twenty-four percent of this county was born outside the United States. Yeah. So we have to be a missiologist for this area because. This area is more diverse. I mean, the last 20 years, it's radically changed. And chances are, wherever pa- the pastor is that's listening to this, you're, you're, you're 
the idea you have of the demographic of your area probably does not match reality. Absolutely, yeah. And so you just, you owe to yourself to dive into that to your church um, and figure out. Look, the truth is your church, your area could be more church than you think it is, and that would affect how you would do. I mean, chances are not likely, but don't assume either way. Or maybe far less church, far more diverse than what you think it is. It's just worth you doing that. One of the websites you can go to, uh, at least to find out the religious uh, data for your county, for your city, is the Arda.com, T-H-E-A-R-D-A.com. It'll give you some some demographics about the um, religious views in your area. It really help you figure out how many of yours are in church. And I think um, you'd really benefit just from taking a glance at that. So there were two big things that we wanted to learn from today's podcast. Ronnie talked about them both. Both Number one, learn from others. Now, Scott, you and I know we did, when I, when I did the research here at the North American Mission Board, we did uncover a blueprint for evangelism. So we want to help you, number one, learn from others, and number two, be intentional in evangelism. Here, I, look, here's the gospel truth about that. If you'll be intentional, your blueprint could be bad, you'll still reach more people than you're reaching now with the gospel. Absolutely. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So if you'll set your train on those tracks, you can go a long ways down the road in evangelism, learn from others, we'll help you do that, be intentional in evangelism, you've got to do that. And Scott, that'll carry a church a long ways in reaching people. Pastor, we're here to help. If you have a question about how to be more evangelistic in your church, check out our blog, nam.net slash yourchurchonmission. I'm glad you're able to be part of this first evangelism podcast. Thanks for listening to Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. To find out more about leading your church on mission, be sure and check out the blog, www.namb.net forward slash your church on mission. To send in a comment or question, email it to evangelism at namb.net.